Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 80 Professor Hank, the Emerald Poet. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Brady Effler's table and the Levitating Platter. Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests the best unofficial Dungeons & Dragons podcast, in my humbly biased opinion. I've got a, another wonderful returning guest for you this week, but before we get to my guest, I leave you in suspense with the ad read from Plus One EXP. Tony Vicinda is the mastermind behind this master craft of beard balms, game design, and community building. He's got a beard balm named after all of the basic stats from D&D, so get a can, apply it to your face, and smell the sweet aroma and the sweet victory that comes along with increased strength, dexterity, charisma, and more. Beards and Beyond is the indie RPG that helped to launch this brand, but Tony has collaborated and developed several other projects, including Repugnant, I Toaster, Down We Go, Through the Void, Vamp Nagula, and Brand Standing. If you support Plus One EXP, either by buying something from their website or going to tonyplus1.itch.io, it all helps funnel into the Plus One Ford program, which seeks to support additional indie tabletop content creators to continue making awesome stuff. I would highly encourage you to follow Tony and Plus One EXP on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, in order to keep up with all the various projects he's working on, as well as upcoming interviews, one-shots, and actual plays of some of these awesome games. So if you don't mind, please go to plusonexp.com, use that affiliate code Randolph when you're buying a beard bomb or a beard RPG to get some savings on your purchase at no extra cost to you. Again, that code is Randolph at checkout on the website, plus1exp.com. Well, hello, returning guest. How are you doing today? Would you care to reintroduce yourself and tell us who it is that you are and what is it that you do? Well, hello, everybody. I am doing just fine. Uh, my name is Brady Effler. I was on this podcast uh, quite some time ago, uh, yeah. being interviewed by the angelic voice that you're hearing right now before you. Uh -huh. uh, and I, uh, last time I think we did this interview, I was still working at a dive bar as the bouncer slash like uh, bar guy. Mm -hmm. uh, what I'm doing now is I've actually moved up in the world. I am now a, a beer buyer. Yeah. So my day-to-day -day now is just meeting with beer reps. So basically meeting with everybody that helps get you drunk. Uh, yeah, that's what I do now. 
uh, and I'm pretty pretty happy about it. That's awesome. Hey, everyone loves beer, or most people. I would hope most people love beer. Well, especially in our taverns that we make, right? Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. You know, in the it's surprising to think, but yeah, in like the two years that we've talked and interviewed you on this podcast, it's nice to know that you've uh, moved on up in the world and you saw the Dune movie. I'm sure. And oh my uh, god, yes, I could talk about that for like the entirety of this podcast we don't have to <laughs> i'm just trying to remember all the things that we talked about last time i know you were saying oh man i hope i don't repeat myself but um that either means that i'm boring and say the same things over again or i'm just very consistent Either, either way i'll take both yeah. well as we're uh, we're breezing along through these uh questions revisiting them in the light of returning onto the show so I know that you were running some uh, Dungeon World and uh, OSR maybe type systems, but um, have you been able to continue playing TTRPGs, D&D, etc. since the age of the pandemic and in person and all that kind of stuff? You know, the pandemic uh, for me uh, caused a stagnancy and kind of a pause during a lot of my tabletop sessions, but I managed to do um, a bunch of virtual D&D events um, during the beginning of the pandemic, continuing on probably throughout the first year of it. Uh, and that was fun. It was also kind of eye-opening for me. Um, it made me have to kind of dive into a weirder digital tool bag of tricks mm -hmm. uh, to kind of create uh, environments and to kind of facilitate uh, people's, their gaming. Um, but since then, uh, I've been taking it pretty slow on D&D &D, uh, just because work has been quite busy and taxing, but I actually just recently started a campaign with some really close old college friends, probably about a month ago. So awesome. I was going to say, do we have plans for a, a certain changeling disguised as a turtle to make an appearance? You know, I still have that somewhere deep within the recesses of my email notes and he just might have to pop back up. Yeah. Good old Reg. That's right. But you have a better <laughs> memory than me. Well, you know, this podcast is called Sidekicks and Side Quests, so we always like to ask the questions of, have you come across any new and interesting NPC characters, whether they're from a video game, one of your tabletop games, or maybe in a book, a film, or television show, etc.? And uh, why has this new NPC or sidekick character been interesting? I mean, as far as video games are concerned, I think I'd probably have to touch upon like uh, the last few that I've been kind of burning through. Uh, so me, I'm more of a Sony guy. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of the games that I have are like Sony based. I have a PS5. Um, I beat that Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West recently. Mm. I've been trying to tackle Elden Ring as best as I can. <laughs> uh, I've also been playing profusely through uh, the Skywalker Saga, the Lego game. Oh, and a really nice reprieve from Elden Ring, uh, whenever I've kind of decided to take that break. Um, but I would say, like, uh, as far as like NPCs go, um, I think Horizon uh, Zero Dawn Forbidden West for me, it's interesting to see the NPCs they brought back into the sequel of the very first game. Um, because the first game I believe came out probably back in 2016 or 17. Okay. And so now we're in the year 2022. So that was what, six years ago. Mm. And so for me, it was really interesting to kind of catch up with old NPCs that I vaguely remembered, you know, six years ago and to see kind of how the writers have tried to kind of continue their storyline, especially within Aloy's quest, because I don't think the game takes place 
too long after the first one. Mm. Um, but I thought they did a really good job, specifically in that game, creating new ones uh, that really kind of helped you bond with this new Western world uh, that you are submerged into very quickly. And then uh, same thing with side quests. Has there been a new side quest that you've come across, whether from old or new, whether it's from the tabletop or the virtual space or the silver screen? And uh, why has it been a interesting side quest or new side quest for you? So during the pandemic, I think after we did our podcast, um, I am what I like to call a trophy whore. Um, I like to go in and see if I can 100% uh, as many games or as in the PlayStation world, like platinum as many games as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and so for me, I platinumed sometime last year, uh, the God of War. Oh, you know, you know, on PlayStation. The 2018 God, one, right? Yeah, the 2018 one. Mm. Um, just to kind of like revamp my memory because I know they dropped the Ragnarok teaser and that game was probably game of the year for me. And so <laughs> when I think of side quests, uh, I think specifically of that game in kind of, what that game does really well is this all the side quests are hovered around the same lore and mythology concept. Whereas in like you're doing a side quest, you don't feel like it's just a random offshoot and you could skip it and not feel like you missed anything. When you do these side quests, everything adds a bit more to the larger narrative of that story. Mm. And so it definitely like fills out that tapestry a whole lot better. Even to like the weird like collect-a-thon part where it's like, you know, killing Odin's ravens, you know, every time like you destroy one, like you feel like you hear like more of that story. And I think that what is very pinnacle to a great side quest is when you're doing it, you don't feel like you are taking away from the main narrative. You're adding to the larger detailed borders and nooks and crannies to this very large painting and so for side quests because i can't think of one in very particular because they mm -hmm. all just are so well done um but god of war for sure like if you're talking about side quests and feeling still very imbued within the larger scope of things mm -hmm. that's definitely a huge uh thing that i think about even when it comes to tabletop gaming I was going to ask, because I know another one of our guests, one of our podcast artists who did some of our artwork, Nathan Alcozer, came on and he talked about going after the Valkyries in this 2018 God of War game. So in the process of, of getting platinum, I suppose, in PlayStation terminology, does that mean that you actually managed to beat all the Valkyries then? Yes, I did. And um, I forget if you have a language warning on this podcast or not so i'll try to I keep, keep it clean i keep it clean but i can bleep out anything i'll try to keep it as clean as possible because i feel like <laughs> anybody who's faced these valkyries if you're listening you understand that guttural feeling of rage um, <laughs> that i'm about to talk about um so when i first got god of war i made the mistake along with my friend a uh, really close friend of mine who i played tabletops with before um where i kind of tried to put the game on the hardest difficulty setting Oh, because sometimes with, you know, I try not to spoil myself. I don't really look at some of the hidden trophies. Mm -hmm. I like, I think, Hey, maybe one of these hidden trophies is beating the game on the hardest difficulty level. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I got pretty far into it. And then when it came to the Valkyrie portion, like I was about ready to break any controller that I had in my hand. <laughs> uh, and so like, I would lower it down one difficulty level 
and then try it again. And then it, I lowered it down another difficulty level and I got through probably about like five of these Valkyries. By the time I got to the infamous Valkyrie Queen, I uh, expletive lowered it down to the very last easiest like level, which is called Just Give Me the Story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and still at that base level, I think that took me maybe about like 15 tries to wow. just to even beat that um, that Valkyrie. Uh, and it, it was so frustrating and so just blood boiling that when you finally beat it, it was like this moment of just, I, I literally stood up out of my chair and I took a Snapchat of the TV screen <laughs> and like sent it to all my friends. Like I finally did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and re- very rarely, I feel like in games, do you have that moment? I mean, I'm very used to playing like uh, Soulsborne games. I mean, one of my favorite games of all time is Bloodborne. And I loved Sekiro when it came out. And as I mentioned before, I'm playing Elden Ring right now. And so there's a very niche difference of that kind of difficulty to where I felt like the difficulty you faced in that final Valkyrie queen. It's just all about, I hate the phrase, but it's about getting good. And (laughs) sometimes like you have to put in the time and the patience, just like any other practice in this life, whether it's like going to the gym, learning a new language, or I don't know, uh, speed reading, whatever it is, fill in the blank. You just have to kind of put some, uh, principle on and keep going and hopefully get good yeah so all of you out there who uh i guess play elden ring maybe maybe try tackling god of war and then just see how uh difficult it really is i suppose i mean yeah i would say elden ring you might get some rage email from this but like elden ring i don't think is the hardest of the Soulsborne genre from software Um, It's definitely has that base level foundation of like, you just can't walk into a scenario blindly and think, hey, I can tackle this the first time around, unless for some reason you are just, it's just burned into your hands, into your uh, hand-eye coordination. I would have to say probably the most difficult Soulsborne game that I had to play was probably either like Sekiro or probably Dark Souls 3 Mm. in my opinion but Elden Ring is definitely like sandwiched between those two for sure and then of course we'd like to end the personal interview section with the passion question so have you picked up any new passions any new hobbies since the last time we spoke and why are they your new passion or hobby so I want to I want to mention like two things specifically, and I feel oh, like yeah. we might have talked about them maybe last time. So I've been working a whole lot more personally just on my creative outlets. I've picked up photography. Um, I've been going a whole lot more hikes now. So I've been like trying to take you know really nice pictures of nature, serene things such as that. Um, I've also been working very heavily on my own personal music project. I mean, I put out an EP, I think in April of 2021, and then I just dropped a couple singles at the end of 2021. And then I just dropped the new one at the beginning of this year. Um, and it's just everything that I've done personally myself. Um, I do have a good friend of mine to who you know as well. His name's John Cotton. And yeah, he's our yeah. brother. Yeah. Yeah, he says hi, by the way. <laughs> oh, good. He needs he to be on this show sometime. Yeah. Um, but like every once in a while, I'll send him a couple of my sound files and I'll be like, what do you think? And he'll either be like, hey, you need to work on your mids or you should change this or that. And then at that point, I either come to this conclusion of, well, am I going to be stubborn and not listen to what he says and be like, well, this is my art. I'm going to do it this way. Or am I going to be like, all right, well, maybe he has a point. So I've definitely been doing that a a whole lot. Um, And I know that you're going to be releasing this podcast sometime in the future. 
but right now we are currently in the month of May mm-hmm. and May is also mental health awareness month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so something that I've done as well, and I think that a lot of people should is especially, you know, for our age range from like, you know, mid thirties to maybe mid twenties is take a serious look at mental health. Uh, and so I've been going to therapy for the past like six months. And for me, that's definitely helped because I think it's really important to find somebody who is a unoccupied third party uh, that can be objective and really allow you to vocalize what you need to without feeling uh, the process of intimidation or embarrassment if you do that with a close friend or family member. Uh, So I would definitely say going to therapy and keeping a journal on that is something that I've really kind of strive to kind of keep going for a while, for sure. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I see a therapist on a monthly basis. And so, again, to help break down the stigma of it, you know, mental health is important. So I'm glad to hear, man. It sounds like you've had a wonderful two years uh, since we last spoke officially on the podcast. And uh, I think it's time that we take our creative energies forward in a segment that I like to call NPC Creation. NPC Creation is brought to you by you, the podcast audience, and our patrons on Patreon. That's right. This is the point in the show where we give a shout out to our comfortable patrons and give them a loud hurrah. So to you, Katie Downey, aka Goblin Katie, we say cheers. And of course, this is for patrons who donate $2 or more a month. Uh, That gets you the loud hurrah here on the podcast. Katie's actually our highest tier, wealthy level patron. So that means she's also able to add an element of chance here to our random tables in NPC creation. So we might just get to see which of her responses get used today, possibly. So if you would like to join the cheapest podcast Patreon community, go in the show notes below, go to the podcast website, or just go directly to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests to find out more about our three tiers one, two, four dollars a month and help us expand our operations here in the levitating platter in this demiplane and worlds beyond. So Brady, uh, as we were getting ready to roll the show, you elected to go the path of random. Is that correct? 100% because that is exactly what life is. <laughs> All right. And so you have some dice at the ready and we can uh, go ahead and rock and roll. Do you have my virtual dice with me? I totally forgot to actually bring real dice. I could probably find it in just a second if you want me to. Virtual or real uh, makes no difference to me. We're going to go with virtual dice at the moment so I don't get up and move uh, this delicate sound process. So the very first question we have to ask ourselves is, what is our character's name? So let's go ahead and roll a d20. I got a 14. All right. And with a 14, your answer, provided by previous guest, Andrew Newcomb, Hank. Just good old Hank. (laughs) Just Hank? Okay, gotcha. I'll take that. We are off to a rip-roaring start. And uh, the next question we get to ask ourselves is, what is the ancestry of our character? Let's roll 2d10 for a d100 effect. All right, deal, let's do it. So I got 58. 58, okay, we'll scroll on the list and look. 58, ooh, interesting. Okay, Hank is either any kind of dragon or a Bahir. Any kind of dragon, huh? Yeah, so anyone that you want. I know there's obviously the standard Monster Manual. Fizzbang's uh, collection of dragons just came out. Plenty of third-party content that exists out there, like from Cobalt Press or MCDM Productions that has different dragons. But any kind of dragon, or be here, since they're sort of dragon-like. 
Uh, let's see here. Hold on. I, I'm looking up dragons right now. Let's just go straight with a gem dragon. A gem dragon. Is there a particular flavoring of this gem? Um, let's go with emeralds. Ooh, an emerald gem dragon named Hank. Okay. And let's see, the next question here is, what is the job or role in society for Hank, the Emerald Gem Dragon? Oh, I love this, okay. What am I And this is going to be a, sorry, I forgot to tell you, you have to roll a d10. Okay, d10? Yes. I got a three. Three. Ooh, okay. Your answer provided by previous guest by a writer, professor. So Hank is a professor at some university, I imagine, and is a gem dragon. So this is very cool. And then uh, let's see, how old is our character going to be? We will roll a D8 and figure out the age range of this dragon. I got a four. Adult. So we have an adult emerald gem dragon named Hank, who is a professor. And so as we take a moment here now to pause our dice rolling, we now get to come up with the physical description of our character. So when you picture Hank, the adult emerald gem dragon... That's a professor. What are you seeing? I think the first thing that I see is a mixture of tweed and a monocle for sure. <laughs> like he definitely, if he can wear a blazer, it definitely has shoulder pads in it. It could be a woman's blazer at one point, you know, um, mm. but like, you know, he definitely has shoulder pads, uh, maybe some tweed on the elbows. Um, definitely seeing a monocle for sure. You know, if he's an adult dragon, dragons live for a long time. So, I mean, I'm going to say, like, in in dragon to human age, you know, relationship, I would say he's probably, like, in his crisp late 30s to maybe early 40s. So that would be, like, a matured adult dragon. So, therefore, his hair's not falling out quite yet. Okay. Uh, I would imagine maybe kind of a wispy, maybe salt and peppered mane Mm -hmm. on top of this emerald dragon. Forgive me, I was uh, just trying to do some quick searching here behind the scenes because, uh, forgive me, listeners, I have not had a chance to flip through my Fizbin's Collection of Dragons book to actually know kind of what are some of the cool stuff that adult emerald dragons do. I was trying to see if they had, oh, okay, so they can change their shape as a bonus action and they have psychic step. Okay, so my question was, okay, so we're imagining the tweed and the monocle Um, But are we actually seeing Hank as his emerald dragon form or does he shape change into a different sort of a persona whenever he's a a professor? I mean, that depends. Is he at a location where they allow dragons to teach or is he at a location where, you know, being a dragon is forbidden? Mm, Okay, Uh, that's true. Is it an accepting university? (laughs) That's what I'm trying to ask. All right, so it could definitely be interesting if Professor Hank was unbeknownst to everyone as an Emerald Dragon, or everyone just knows that, hey, here's a huge dragon in this classroom, and it's Hank, and he's going to teach you a subject. Is there a particular subject that um, Hank specializes in? Does it have to do with psionics? Because I think that's what the gem dragons are all about. Or does Hank have a particular other area of expertise? Mm, I think Hank would teach poetry. A poet. Interesting. And I, yeah, dragons are long lived, so they probably have acquired a number of uh, sonnets and uh, ballads and lyrics and all these other sorts of things. Does he speak in a very lyrical, poetic sort of way? Or is he very, like, matter of fact? I feel like he'd be kind of long and wispy. Very, like, maybe his S's would linger for a while. 
almost as like he might fall asleep halfway through a sentence, but he keeps going. All right. And if we had to describe Professor Hank, sorry, I keep saying Professor Hank, and it makes me think of uh, Hank McCoy from the X-Men, Beast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, I mean, that maybe, maybe Bugbear is one of his forms that he likes to appear in. Who knows? But if you had to describe Professor Hank with three adjectives, what three adjectives would you use? I'd definitely say patient, insightful, but stubborn. As a professor of poetry, is this part of a traditional sort of education sort of a thing? Or is it just like, oh, this is a weird professor that's like that just teaches poetry and that's all they teach. You're, everyone else is learning about spy craft and diplomacy and statesmanship and military training and all this stuff. And then the Professor Hank, who just does poetry. I mean, I think, you know, I would definitely draw from one of my uh, all-time favorite films. That would be like the Dead Poet Society. Mm -hmm. You know, draw from, you know, John Keating, where, you know, where he basically makes statements like, you know, mathematics, science, you know, yes, these are noble, you know, in the pursuit of life. He's like, but poetry is the essence of it. Mm. If you're going to learn how to pick locks or backstab or, you know, channel your druidic uh, abilities to summon frogs, I still think there should be some poetry to that. Some almost mm. some spiritual, I wouldn't say humanity because he's not a human. So therefore, but some essence of sincerity to life. Interesting. Okay. So I guess if we were using maybe some Wizards of the Coast property, you could imagine maybe plopping Professor Hank, an environment like Strixhaven, the, the, the college setting or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, so like all the wizards are busy worrying about like, oh, do I get this teleportation circle spell right? And it's like, oh, I'm late for poetry class. And oh, I really love Professor Hank. He gets it. He knows what life's all about. I would also like to think that Professor Hank does like drugs on the side. Just to, <laughs> just to kind of keep himself, you know, still more vacant and available. <laughs> he likes the pipe. Oh, he likes the pipe. Okay, so the students are never quite sure whether it's tobacco or something else, but he, he has a fondness for the halfling leaf, as Saruman would say. Absolutely. Okay. All right. And now we get to roll for the next thing. Uh, what's going to be a valuable item, piece of lore, or secret that the character possesses? This is a combo D4 and then a D6 roll. All right, so D4, three. Okay, so this is a secret. And then what was the other number? D6, also three. All right, so your answer was provided by previous guest, Brianna Jean. Professor Hank is a former assassin. Oh, I like that. Is there anything more to explore with that? It sounds like Professor Hank is keeping that pretty close and not really divulging that information. I feel like being a former assassin... But he you, teaches poetry, yeah. You're seeing the last moments of somebody's life. And I think for him, it, it hits pretty hard and deep. Because he has a long life to live, but he ends the lives of those, whether they are meant to live long or short. And so for him to make sense of it all and provide some maybe solace, maybe he turned to poetry. And then was good enough to be hired by a university. And uh, well, I don't know if he's tenure yet, but he's teaching poetry, at least in a university Did setting. Did say no? To a former Emerald Dragon assassin that wants to teach poetry, look him in the eyes and say, no, you're not, you can't do that. <laughs> well, I mean, unless he's doing it in secret, maybe he's trying to hide from his past. And he's like, ah, oh, I've given up that life. I'm teaching that poetry. Could be true. That could be true. Yeah. Okay. So a number of different ways we could take this. Okay. 
And then, of course, the final thing we get to roll for is the side quest. So this is the optional part where you can either generate it based on what we've learned organically, or if you want to see what we get, uh, you can roll a d12. Let's just see what we get. Sure. Uh, I rolled a natural one on a d12. Okay, well, um, I don't know if this is entirely appropriate unless it bothers him. Uh, and this has been hanging around since the beginning of the show, but a one on a D12 is to kill rats in the basement. So unless the rats are bothering, uh, his like poetry manuscripts, like ancient ones or something like that, I don't know. Is that appropriate or do you want to re-roll or? Absolutely. I mean, like, I mean, to be honest, it's like, I'm, I'm, Hank is keeping, you know, myriads of scrolls and, and tomes of sacred, sacred texts from eras ago. And if rats are in the basement gnawing away at his manuscripts and in large libraries of just history, I mean, that's a threat to the future generations. It's a threat to beauty. That's a threat to the soul. So then Professor Hang definitely sounds like he'd be a very interesting uh, first time quest giver then to be giving this quest, especially if we are using a place like Strixhaven as like, okay, you're all a bunch of uh, freshmen at a wizard college place, sort of a university setting, and you're failing poetry class, and so now you have an extra credit assignment. All right, uh, I need you to go clear out the rats in the archives in the basement. Yeah, I mean, that could be that. Or, I mean, perhaps like he is in human form, and maybe in the basement there are depictions of him as an emerald dragon, and he sends his students down there to make sure that the rats have finished their job of chewing away these reports of him being an actual emerald, emerald dragon. Ooh, okay. So, you know, a good twist on that too. That's true. Okay. And so then with this uh, side quest in mind to kill the rats in the basement, whether they are destroying evidence or they're just ruining poetry for future generations, what is going to be the reward that Professor Hank is willing to offer our player characters? I think the reward that he would offer would, A, be a favor. You could call upon Hank for a particular favor, but only once. Being a former assassin, he knows his skill. He knows how well he's he can do it. But yet he's now dedicated his life to studying the beauty of words. Okay, and then, of course, we have to consider the flip side of this. So what is going to be the consequence of failure or refusing the call to the adventure uh i think quite simply the the consequence of refusing the call is just fomo fear of missing out that's the consequence i think not uh, abetting somebody's curiosity that to me is a is a great consequence not being able to find out lack of knowledge i think okay. him still being kind of a pacifist i don't think he would lash out i just think he'd be like okay that, that is you've chosen not to do that Okay, so he kind of guilt it or hang it over them as far as like, what wonders and mysteries could you have found out if only you had gone down? You don't have to guilt them. I think curiosity would just rope them into it naturally. Well, after we've learned so much about our fine NPC created here today, I think it's time we take Professor Hank into a segment that I like to call The Random Encounter. <laughs> And this random encounter is brought to you by Reaper Miniatures, our final sponsor of the podcast. They have been Texas titans of the tabletop industry since 1994. They're right here in DFW, and they've got an amazing warehouse and game store. 
They make everything from paints to gaming accessories, and they stream on Twitch and YouTube with tutorials and interviews. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you're playing, Reaper has a miniature for you. Every time you shop with them and spend at least $40, $50 on your purchase, they're going to give you a cool new mini of the month. And it's always something new, so all the more incentive to shop with them often. I did check my email recently, and I was given another $50 gift card. So I do thank you, Reaper, for that gift card. I am anxiously awaiting to sit down with the misses and pick more minis to add to the ever-growing pile of minis yet to paint. I do know that the Kickstarter concluded on Reaper Miniatures Bone 6 Tales from the Green Griffin. You may still be able to go on Kickstarter and click on that to check out the minis that they have and that they're going to be working on producing over the next year or so. Really cool stuff happening there. Again, make sure you're staying up to date with the upcoming ReaperCon that will be happening later this year in September in the Denton, Texas area. And then finally, if you have not already, be sure to go to Reaper Miniatures through my affiliate link, of course, and uh, go check out the Relief Effort Miniature section and pick out the miniature Kenku bird bard little figurine. It's based on the National Bird of Ukraine. And if you get that mini, it costs about 10 bucks and $7.50 of that gets allocated towards UNICEF relief efforts with Ukraine and they still have the two koalas in there as well from the Australian wildfires we had a couple years ago they have two little cute little miniature koala character miniatures you can get which are cool so please go to my website visit the show notes below use that referral link when you go to shop with Reaper by doing so you're supporting sidekicks and side quests it helps all track the traffic that we direct to them so the more traffic that we send their way, the more that our Texas powers combine. Check that link out on my website and be sure to follow Reaper Miniatures on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. All right. So of course, with the random encounter section of the show, we like to do a little role play, a little vignette with the character. And so my question to you is what kind of scene are you wanting to showcase Professor Hank in? Is this Hank meeting one of the podcast NPCs, giving them the assignment of killing the rats in the basement? Is it Professor Hank talking with a colleague with another random student of his class? <laughs> are we going to reenact Captain My Captain sort of a scene? Oh or what God, are you thinking? Um, I feel like, you know, that Hank would be like in his office, you know, and it's office hours now. Okay. You know, you can come and visit your professor. You can talk about maybe a grade you're upset with, or maybe you notice like he has some cool knickknacks in his office and you want to ask him about it. You know, it's up to you. you can, I mean, I'm letting you paint the picture, man. Okay. Well, I mean, there are a couple of different characters. The podcast is already generated and I know that Reg your previous NPC already met one of them, uh, but we have a whole cast of characters now, or if none of those sound good, we're able to invent a brand new uh, podcast NPC to introduce into this segment of the show. So we've got, of course, Duncan, the recklessly brave adventurer for hire. He's happy-go-lucky. Um, we've got Sonia, the warrior woman who multiclassed into Paladin. We have Korak, the lawful, evil, arcane, trickster, roguish dwarf. And then we have Chrisley, who is the shy herbalist wood elf druid uh, that recently multiclassed into cleric. I and mean, those are the four we've already got. And if none of those sound like the kind of person to meet Professor Hank, then we can always make up a new one. I mean, I, I like I think Hank, honestly, would meet any of these people. I mean, he'd just be like, life comes to you. You don't find it. It finds you. He'd be like, listen, whatever happens, happens. 
So, I mean, like the cleric, obviously you could identify with the cleric a bit, you know, kind of at a spiritual level, the druid, you know, uh, getting in two with nature, Duncan, reckless traveler, obviously, you know, there's a lot of things to discuss in your travels there. So any of these people, he'd just be like, let's chit chat it up, let's ham it up. All right. So the scene is Professor Hank's personal room. The room has a very large, just almost like cast iron style desk that's basically been littered and kind of coupled with uh, stone wood carvings on the side of it. Uh, it's very like charcoal in nature, as if like he has maybe accidentally blown some fire on it here and there occasionally in tizzies of grating papers. Behind him, there are like 12 to 30 foot uh, bookshelves and all of them contain many many scrolls and narratives and books you can tell that the also the stonework where the desk is sitting has just some cracks underneath it in certain areas to where maybe he has been in human form for a little bit then maybe actually transformed back into dragon form it has cracked the stone pavement of his office uh, the door is like this very 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 large uh, wooden oak door with these huge just brass knockers on them uh, and occasionally on the on the ceiling you'll see like also little black scorch marks from where he's maybe trying to light uh, the candles at night uh, but since he imbibes on a very mythical pipe every once in a while he's a little lackadaisical and lazy and misses the candles with his flame and burns the wall but luckily the school knows him fairly well and so they keep him contained in a very large, large stone tower for his office. Um, and as he's sitting there grading papers in human form with his tweed jacket and singular monocle and kind of salt and pepperish hair, all of a sudden there's a large crack in the very, very small chair that sits in front of his desk that's meant for humans is then filled with a teleportation visage of Duncan. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh my goodness. Oh, that was weird. Oh man. I'll have to remember that the next time I see Jarlaxel and Talon and he'll stop what he's saying. He looks up and he can see he looks around, he can see he's in an office and uh I don't know if uh, the professor is startled or anything, but Duncan will very cautiously look up and he'll say, "Am I home in my plane of harmony?" The professor, still in human form, looks almost like a toddler behind his desk as he kind of puts his two hands up and leans over and he takes a whiff of his pipe and he looks at him, at Duncan, and he goes, home. Home, as they say, is no longer a door or window, but perhaps where one arrives. So, so I am. I, I've made it back. I... I was in the Forgotten Realms, and and I I had to go on a wild adventure to to recover some minerals in the Underdark, and that's where I met. And he starts going on this long tale about meeting a an albino manticore and taking some weird mushrooms and going on some sort of weird journey that he can hardly remember. He's been able to piece it a little bit better, but he's still not fully sure what happened. Uh, and and then I went to the Bregan Darth, and I gave them the materials, and that that nice drow man, Jarlaxle, and, and the Talon Urin gentleman I met, uh, they, they completed the ritual, and they said that I was supposed to be here. And did I make it? And did I truly, am I truly back, back where I am supposed to be? 
Professor Hank takes another long drag of his pipe. And again, he's looking down at Duncan and he says, to quote the great poet, Penny the Petalbug, to be back, oh, but to be forward, shouldn't it be so? If you feel lost, Mr. Duncan, and he taps his hand on the desk, then perhaps I can assist you. Oh, wonderful. And retconning, if Duncan didn't introduce himself, he totally would have introduced himself, saying like, oh, yeah, I'm Duncan, the recklessly brave. Probably even handed him one of his business cards that he has, and the professor can look at it, and it says, Duncan, adventurer for hire, recklessly brave, no task too big, no feet too small. Uh, I mean, also, like, he has a psychic stat as well, so. Oh, that's true. And then maybe Duncan's like, wait a minute, did, did I introduce? I'm so sorry, I'm so rude. And then he goes through the whole thing of introducing himself and handing his card and being like, ha, ha, I'm just so happy to be back home. Oh, I, that was a weird, that was a weird time. Yes. He looks at Duncan and he goes, not to startle you, my boy, because just like a mirror, I only show you the reflection that your nose can point and then he turns and he transforms into the emerald dragon shape uh. of professor hank filling up the room and his desk is now very very tiny <laughs> for this emerald dragon Whoa. oh my goodness that is quite the presentation he looks at duncan and he goes it was a lot easier to let's say manipulate life in my former days dressed like that saucy salt and peppered man that was once before you ah well uh i find my fatal flaw in life is that i um i cannot refuse a task uh put before me it's what's uh, carried me on the road to so many adventures and uh, i mean i'm eternally grateful for you confirming that i am at home and and i i can't help but want to to do something to help you. So is, is there anything that I can help you with, pr Professor? He digs his claw into his teeth, and as he does that, he kind of picks out what seems to be a very large bone, and it flies across the room, and he just goes, Rats, my boy! Rats, not fond of them mm. at all. No, no, they are, they are quite the nuisance. I got my earliest days as a young boy, a young lad fighting rats in the, in the levitating bladder basement, in fact. That was back before Randolph had uh, finally affixed the uh, magnificent mansion door uh, at the doors. Fun fact. He looks down at Duncan and he goes, I am quite hungry and I only have, he kind of peers across at like this little sand jar that's like slowly pouring down sand as if to keep time. He goes, and I only have 20 more minutes till my next period. You being here serves a purpose. If you kill the rats that are being naughty within my basement, it gives me time to go outside and commandeer the farmer's cattle just for one more quick snack. Oh, well, uh, well, surely you help compensate the farmers. <laughs> he looks down at Duncan. He goes, maybe. On a day if I'm feeling generous, and he flashes his teeth at Duncan. <laughs> He'll kind of go back. Well, forgive me. Forgive me. I don't know if Duncan actually in the Quando adventure ever actually really truly faced down a dragon. So this may be like the first time truly 
that uh, Duncan is partaking of a dragon. He's kind of treating it as like, oh, I finally met someone super famous and I'm in the same room as them. But then he's slowly like having to recalculate of like, oh, actually, this thing is much bigger than me and more dangerous than I'm letting on. Uh, or I'm fig I'm slowly realizing that now. And so he's like, oh, oh, oh OK, well, well, certainly, I, I mean, surely you've been generous with me. And so I would hope that in that same spirit, you would carry it forward. But I am happy to go down to the basement of this. And he looks around, realizing it's a tower. And he goes, oh, I guess it must be a long walk down. But I'm happy to go down to the basement and deal with any fang teeth furry pests and uh, rid them from chewing up uh, any valuable documents or such, I imagine, correct? There are many, many poets down there that I keep full record keeping, such as Lord Grubble Stonefoot. He made quite the account of Achilles' tendons in poetic detail. Hmm, okay. And Duncan will roll a history check, and he rolls like a five. And so he just kind of nods politely and is like, ah, yes, yes, that, that fellow, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Then I suppose uh, Duncan will get the directions of where he needs to go. And then uh, he'll kind of, I guess, chuckle to himself. It'll be like, well, I suppose it would be the favor from the gods to bring me back to my home to send me on a beginning quest once again of uh, cleaning rats from a basement. And he just kind of smiles to himself and shrugs when he goes onward. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> All right. How do you think that scene went with uh, Professor Hank? I think it went fine. I think he displayed uh, the ability of restraint, but also he showed his dominance as well. That's true. Yeah. I'm not, I'm again, uh, just looking up very basic things about these uh, kinds of creatures. Uh, I wasn't too sure of the uh, their alignment, as it were, but depending on if you even use alignment or not. But I agree, yes, the professor was definitely very fearsome, and uh, I did not want Duncan to accidentally get into a fight in a lair, as it were, of a dragon. Right. <laughs> I don't know if he would survive the encounter. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's it's probably very difficult to solo. I mean, granted, Duncan might have some plot armor on his side, but, you know, some stories can't survive forever, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Well, we're starting to get here into the final thoughts section of the show. So I just, you know, I always like to vibe check my guests and, you know, make sure they had a good time and uh, and just, you know, it is just good to catch up with you and just see how things are going. Absolutely. Yeah. No, vibe is good, man. So I had a good time and I took the notes of Professor Hank and, you know, I might even include him in one of my uh, upcoming adventures. Awesome. That's what we love to hear on this podcast. Actually, right now, at the time of this recording, I don't know if it's still going on or not, but on the D&D Beyond Twitch stream, they're doing the events for Jasper's Game Week. And our previous guest, Andrew Strother, host of the Roll for Persuasion podcast, used his NPC that he created on our podcast, Quando the Orc Tinkerer, and he's playing as Quando in that adventure. So I hope by the time that you're listening to this episode that it's already come out on YouTube and you're able to see Quando displayed uh, in an actual one-shot adventure with Brennan Lee Mulligan as the DM for that adventure for Jasper's Game Day. So that just... It just makes me so happy that uh, even a small, silly NPC uh, made from here time to time will make it somewhere big out there on the internet. 
Yeah, no, that'd be actually a joy to watch and listen to as well. Of course. And then I always leave the last final phrase uh, for the guests. So whatever you've got to plug, where do we need to find you on all the socials and the internets and anything else that we need to be made aware of, causes or whatnot, the floor is yours. Yeah. um, If you want to find me on social media, um, my Instagram is 10music, T-I-N-M-U-S-I-C. Um, I plug a lot of my beer stuff on there. Um, I do crazy interviews uh, with beer reps and beer buyers and kind of post them on my uh, social media account. You can also find my music uh, if you go to Bandcamp and search just Queen Brother. Uh, you can find my music there. But that's kind of how you can find me. And that's what I do. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Well, Brady, I'm glad that we were able to take this time together and come up with Professor Hank. Man, I'm just not going to be able to get over saying that and imagining him as a blue furred right, bugbear right, right. for some reason. He's just a hanging upside top. down. Yeah. Or one of the Hadazis. That's the one that just got, I guess it was a third edition and now it's back in fifth edition with the Spelljammer stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. But. Anyway, that's for you, the podcast listener, to decide how you want Professor Hank to appear in his humanoid form from his otherwise normal adult emerald dragon form. But here I am blathering at the end of the show. Brady, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Can't wait to have you back on. Heck yeah, man. Thanks for having me, and I look forward to it again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and SideQuests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast, or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, sidekicksandsidequests.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for SideKQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art, stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, simply send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our podcast with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, or you've never played Dungeons and Dragons before, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. And finally, after two years, I've decided to open a Patreon for Sidekicks and Sidequests. If you love this podcast and you want to help us grow and expand our operations, I would appreciate it if you would go on over to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and side quests. No matter your lifestyle expenses, we have wonderful rewards at every level of Patreon membership tier. Your name on the wall of the levitating platter, a loud hurrah on the podcast, or the possibility to introduce an element of chance to NPC creation. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four!